okay, it's time to talk about this. Women are making a lot of money. If that's you, and even if it's not you, but you feel like you have a lot on your plate, you're running your business, and you maybe don't have the support around you that you need, I want to talk in this episode about women being breadwinners, women being head of household, and the changes that are coming in the future and how we right now, especially if you're listening and you are the one in your household making the most money, keep listening. Let's talk. Welcome to the Boost Your Boutique podcast. I'm your host, Emily Benson, corporate merchant turned boutique owner turned consultant. I want you to start, grow, and scale your boutique business right here with me. If you're ready to master your mindset, margins, and marketing, you're in the right place. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Boost Your Boutique podcast. I'm Emily Benson, obviously your host and the owner of Boutique Training Academy, where we educate at a professional level, new boutique owners and established boutique owners to start, grow, scale their boutique business, whether it's online, brick and mortar or mobile, like I've got you covered. Let's grow your business. And this episode in particular is going to be for my scale girlies. Okay. You are making like $10,000 or more, technically I would say $20,000 to $25,000 or more per month revenue in your business. Now we're not talking profit, we're talking revenue, okay? If you're making $20,000 or more, $20,000 revenue or more per month, let's talk. My guess is that you're making more than your spouse. And if you're not, we need to talk about a couple things because you should be taking home some good money, number one. Number two, uh, we have to talk about the gender inequality that's happening. And I don't want this episode to be political. I want this episode to be me as a... I hate the term breadwinner. I want to start off with that. Like, I hate that term. It is old school. It is definitely from like our parents slash before generation. Like, were we literally out winning bread every day? Like, bread is money. I get it. I want to start off also this episode talking about myself and my perspective just for a second here to qualify as we go into this, because I want to talk about women being breadwinners and making more money in the household than their partner, spouse. Here's what I want to say. I am a white female. I am married to a man and I am an elder millennial. So I'm 40 years old. I was brought up by a boomer who I think was like on the cusp boomer, like younger. But I also have friends and family who are not who are definitely solid boomers. Listen, I don't care what age you are. I'm just wanting to say, here's my perspective. I was raised middle class in a blue state. And I think that generationally, I'm like two generations away from the the Great Depression. And I am one generation, not even, I'm 10 years away from women getting bank accounts. I was born in 1982. In 1972, women were allowed to have a bank account on their own. As a married woman, you could now have your own bank account. You didn't have to have uh, one with your husband as the primary benefactor, the primary cardholder. Now, across the board, women have gone to work. We, we've been empowered. We've finally, hey, you don't have to just stay at home and raise kids. You can go do all these other things. 
But by the way, still, we need you to raise the kids and do the housework and do all this stuff. We live in a very funny time right now where I see a lot of people getting divorced. And again, I don't want to be like doomsday about this. I want to recognize that things are changing in the boutique industry, especially because it, it is a woman-led business. And I'm sorry, I'm mean, a woman, female identifying, like that tends to be the people who make up the largest percentage of what a boutique is or as a boutique owner. So I am speaking from that perspective. I'm also speaking from a couple different places where I've been really excited to follow women who are talking about this subject primarily as like their platform. Okay. Number one is Rachel Rogers. She wrote, we should all be millionaires, a woman's guide to earning more, building wealth and gaining economic power. And that's what we're the big picture here is gaining economic power, having a bigger voice in our society because we have been kept back and we haven't been able to have an equal voice in politics and government and raising our kids and all this stuff that we are just like waking up to. And I think this is a big piece of it is when you are starting to make more money, you have more access to things. You have the ability to really affect change when you have that economic power, when you have wealth, when you have money. And for so many of my scale girlies out there, my scale people out there, for you, you have so many opportunities to build wealth. Once you're starting to make that $20,000, $40,000 a month in your business, remember $20,000 a month times 12 months, that's a $240,000 revenue year. That is a quarter of a million dollars. Let's just again qualify that. It's a quarter of a million dollars. So when you feel belittled or when you feel like you've been put down by someone about your business, it is absolutely justified because I guarantee you there are plenty of other people around you and probably those people judging you who could never go and open up a business that makes $240,000 a year. Now, bump that up even more, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a month. Now we're looking at the dollars dollars $700,000 range per year. And you're, that's a half a million dollars. Okay. And we know we get it. It's not what you bring home. I I hear that. Okay. That said, you are still running a business that does a half a million dollars a year. And that is a big deal. And I worry that a lot of women are stumbling between that quarter to half million dollar number because that's where things get hard. That's where this stuff, this underlying retail mindset stuff starts to come up around us being wealthier than our spouse, wealthier than our parents, making more money than family members. There's a lot of you in this situation. It's this like new money thing. Maybe you did grow up with money. I don't know. But the boutique industry is definitely a a path to wealth, a path to building a sustainable business and a sustainable income for your family and a sustainable, like this is not a hobby. This does not have to be a hobby. That's who I really am doing all of this for is those of you who are hitting those 15, 20, 30, whatever thousand dollar months in that scale range. And you're like, whoa, whoa, wait, this has gotten out of hand. This is a lot. And I want it. I want to grow. I'm in that mindset of, I want to keep growing my business. And maybe this mindset thing is coming up for you where you were not raised in a position to be the head of household. I like head of household better because it's like a tax term. It's like a economic term, which is still busted, right? Like again, all of this stuff in society that we've had to deal with is starting to break apart. And I think it's really good. The other person who I'm really 
leveraging their work and their labor around this is a woman named Stephanie O'Connell. That is her handle on Instagram. So her full name is Stephanie O'Connell Rodriguez. Uh, She is a writer and talks a lot about ambition, money, power, especially with women and gender and how these gender stereotypes have really, they're screwed up. And there's a lot of situations where she just did an Instagram reel. She's amazing at content too. So I love following her because not only do I love the subject that she does, but her content is really great. So I enjoy following her. So Stephanie O'Connell, it's Stephanie with an F. I'll put everyone I reference, I will put in the show notes. Okay. So you can go and follow them too, because again, this is just something that I want to bring into the conversation because it's been a conversation in so many of my groups, especially my higher level groups like Sky's the Limit, Boutique Business Accelerator. This has been a conversation. And it's this hidden thing where women are starting to make serious dough and society is not taking them seriously. Their husband, spouse, male identifying partner is having trouble with it to varying degrees, whether it's like a lot of trouble and it's really ruffling feathers or where there's just slight pushback here and there that still is causing stress and anxiety. We're going to talk about that. And then there is an opportunity right now where we can start to challenge these norms in a day-to-day situation, like in a real life situation. When someone asks you, how's your little business going? Like you have the right and the, I don't know, I think you should. I think we should all start speaking up for ourselves because if we don't address it, no one else will. If we're not the change in the conversation, then no one's going to change for us. So when we get asked about our small business, we should say, actually, it's a big business and I have 15 employees and I'm shipping to every state in the country on like a weekly basis. Maybe that's not your situation, but you can gently shift the conversation to teach someone that their mindset is actually really old and antiquated and busted. And like, why are you saying that? I think there's this energy that we all need to be bringing when we're in that situation. Listen, even if you're making five grand a month, three grand a month, hi, that's a lot of money. Again, three grand a month times 12 months, that's $36,000 a year. That's a lot of, that's like people's salaries. Okay, so be serious. We understand there's costs. I understand you're investing in inventory. But if we just solely, like maybe you're not taking home a ton of money, but if we solely look at your yearly revenue as a boutique owner, you're probably doing pretty well. And I want you to pat yourself on the back because I didn't and I don't, I've, it's taken me a long time to be like really comfortable in my skin being this breadwinner, head of household and challenging some of these gender norms that still get challenged on a daily basis because I still get pushback even from family members who don't understand my situation. So I speak from a place of knowing where you're at, having worked through some of it and like still working through it with you on this podcast (laughs) and like coaching myself as we go through this. Because I think that there's a big societal shift that needs to change, not only for us, but for our children. Now that I have a kid, I talk about it all the time, but I want life to be easier for her. I want life to be better. If she wants to make a ton of money, great. If she wants to go be a monk, great. Like whatever. But I just, I want her to know. And just like I think our parents did, being again a 40-year-old woman, 
in the suburbs of Massachusetts, like I definitely was raised and this is society, right? Let's talk about society. I was absolutely raised with the knowledge and the power that I had probably more power than my mom as a child, that I had more opportunity, that I had more, more open to me, right? Society as a, as children, we, and I think we still are empowering girls and boys both, but there was a shift within generations, somewhere there between boomers and Gen X and millennials. And there's something happening where now that we're adults, we're making money, we're making good money. We still at home and in society are not treated as if we are our male counterpart. And not to say that it's going to be apples to apples, but it shouldn't be apples to plumquats. It it shouldn't be so different that men still get treated the exact same and are expected to be the providers and make the money. And again, maybe in your culture, in your society, in your religion, that's how it is. And that's fine. But what happens when you start making a lot of money? What, like, how do you deal with that? That's going to be a challenge for you, especially when you're still expected to do the labor at home. It, just because we start making more money, it doesn't automatically take out the labor and the cost and the mental load and just everything that goes on with taking care of a home, taking care of pets, taking care of children. That still ends up falling on a lot of women and a lot of successful women who are making good money. So how does that shift with society where we start to deal with people saying to us, oh, beautiful car, your husband must have bought it for you. No, actually my business bought it for me. But we have to push back. This is like my, as I was making notes and outlining this episode, I I really want to talk about solutions. Like how do we deal with this? Because we shouldn't have to just sit in feeling uncomfortable or sit in a place of feeling like we can't change the narrative because we absolutely can. We absolutely should. And even if it's in just literally small ways of making more money and then investing that money in things that will make you more money. And that again, I'm speaking to the scale person, but also if you're in start level, you're just starting out here, this could be your future. So start thinking about what does that look like? How does that power dynamic play out within society, within your home, within your family, within your religion? All of that is going to come into play. And I think it's this like weird thing that no one talks about. It's very easy for so many boutique coaches, consultants, like all these people popping up now to talk about making money. Make six figures while your kids sleep. Okay, I know that you need more than that. But also, what happens when you do make that six figures? What is that going to do to your marriage, to your relationships, to your friends, to your school at large? What happens when you quit your job, your nine to five, right? How is that going to feel? All of this stuff that we've been set up by society to, again, follow the path, fall in line. What happens when we do make half a million dollars a year? Our husband gets to quit their job, is wants to quit their job and stay home and take care of the kids. Or Maybe doesn't stay home and fully take care of the kids, but is the lead at the house, does the laundry, does the dishes, maintains all that stuff. How is that going to challenge you? How is that going to challenge the people around you? I will tell you straight up, it challenges a lot of people in my life that I make more money than my husband. And I'm like, just being very honest, it's been this way for a a while now too. This is not new for me, okay? Okay. Uh, it really challenges people, especially now when we have a child. Just because I work and I'm 
you know, the breadwinner, the head of household in our family doesn't mean that I don't want to be with my kid. I do want to be with her. I also need the separation. I need time to work, right? So how does that work? It's taken a lot of negotiation. It's taken a lot of dynamics, figuring out even just how do we maximize the schedule? Like maybe I do enjoy working on Sunday afternoons. And so Sunday afternoons become a day where my husband is with Adeline all day or something, right? I'm just giving you examples, but we've had to actively challenge society looking at us in a different way. And here's the thing. There's plenty of people who are like, you guys are awesome. We, I am jealous of your setup. You guys have it. You guys are doing great. You, get, you both get to do what you like. You're still raising your daughter the way you want. We have a lot of freedom because we built that into our life over 10 years, 11 years now. It doesn't come overnight, right? But there's a lot of you in my situation where you are the one that the financial responsibility in the household lies on. And that can be really stressful. And I want to be able to talk about it. I think you want to be able to talk about it. I have a lot of you guys coming into Sky's the Limit and I love you because you want to talk about it. And we have to negotiate it. We have to like work through it because here's the other piece of it is that there is going to be a moment in your relationship and probably lots of moments where there's pushback right? Remember, the labor at home is unpaid labor. Whether it's you doing it or your husband doing it or your kids doing it, which hopefully with your kids, you're like doing chore money and things like that to motivate, but you're not getting chore money to do the dishes. You're not getting paid to do the laundry. And and again, neither is your spouse or your partner, right? But the expectation could still be in your narrative that you're living right now that you do all of it. That gets to be a conversation. And that's where I think that my kind of my second transition here into what I want to talk about around this is like, how do you navigate working with your partner, your spouse, your husband, your male identifying partner? Again, I want to be respectful of all situations and really be an ally for whatever relationship you're having to navigate because it could be untraditional. And I want to call that out. I will say too, that I think with an untraditional relationship and a traditional male-female identifying household partnership where that we have all been sold. I do think that there are some unique things going on. I think when you're in non-binary or LGBTQ, queer, like all of that has its own challenges as well that I'm not fully in a spot to talk through, right? That's not my expertise. But I do want to recognize that power dynamics in a household or in a relationship will be challenged by money, no matter what gender, sexuality, like any of that, you're going to be challenged in any relationship with money. And and that's really what we see across the board so much is that divorce, right? The number one cause of divorce is like financial disagreements, financial issues is things around money. And so there's been a lot of people who I have seen either in the public eye or in my own personal colleagues, relationships that have gotten divorced in the past 10 years as I've been more of an entrepreneur and been more in this world. There's been a lot of people I've watched get divorced. And that's just the truth in, again, male-female relationships. So I want to talk about like how do we recognize what's happening? Because I think some of it is that women making more money undermines some of what masculinity has been defined as over the years. And masculinity in a lot of ways is being the financial breadwinner, the financial head of household in a traditional relationship. 
And there's a lot of judgment, I think, from others and a lot of self-judgment. I think it challenges a man. When you're in a traditional male-female dynamic, it's going to challenge a man to not be the person making more money, especially if they come from that as a background, whether it's their culture, whether it's their family, whether it's, you know, whatever, however they were raised, that's going to challenge them. And it's going to show up in different ways. It might show up in pushing back on on the household labor or pushing back on not hiring help, even though you can afford it. Like, I'm not going to hire help. I'm going to do this myself, even though it takes me away from my family or on a Saturday where my wife's business could just pay for this new fence that we need to put up. I don't need to be the person doing it, going to Home Depot, buying the fence parts, digging the holes. Like my wife's business could maybe actually afford this. I don't have to be the pay for it and do it and show show up in those ways. Like we see it coming out in so many different ways. I've heard lots of stories of um, sort of the challenge to the masculinity in that traditional relationship being navigated and triggered in all these different ways. And so number one, I want to just say to you, if you are the breadwinner, like as a woman, this is me talking straight to you. You've got to push back. You've got to figure out how to navigate with your partner, managing what you want managing the downtime, managing your family time, managing that labor at home. Like you might have to have many conversations over a few months. Like us having a baby completely upended things and having a house. We've had to have lots of conversations and some of them not gentle conversations around what does our life look like now that we have her. And we get challenged sometimes when we travel or we get challenged by sickness or things happening that we're like, oh my gosh, like, How do we even deal with this? It brings up new challenges. So navigating that might be challenging. But what I want you to think about is holding your own and showing whatever that means, showing showing actual numbers. Like this is where with your partner or this person who's pushing back in the relationship, you have to figure out how to deal with them potentially feeling unworthy feeling like they're not bringing home the bacon (laughs) or they're not financially contributing enough or whatever that looks like, or maybe just being threatened by the fact that you make more money. Will you leave them? A lot of insecurities can come up when money shifts and money gets different, right? And that's, I don't care. You could be with the nicest human on the planet. They could be completely overthrown and mentally challenged by the fact that you're now making a million dollars a year in your business. And they could still be the most loving, amazing partner ever, right? It can come out in different ways. And so I think this is where we have to figure out as a woman head of household, how do we navigate these conversations with our spouse, with our partner in a way that's productive? What do I want? What do you want? How can we meet each other's needs here? Because I am not going to sit it in the house and do things with my kids all day while I watch you build a fence outside. Let's just hire someone. Here's how much it costs. Here's how much I make. Let's put X percent into that. And maybe we wait two weeks to do it or four weeks to do it, but it will get done and then we'll get to have family days together. What is it that you want? Focus on that. That's what I am really working on. I am always like, I don't like this. I can't do this. Or I find the negative so quickly because I'm automatically like confronted with these... uh, this friction, I think is the best way to describe it, this friction of, oh, this feels uncomfortable. This feels so uncomfortable. 
especially when you're navigating situations where you're having to deal with judgment from others even. Why didn't that work? Or why didn't you go to that party? Or how did you show up to this thing? Or what is the situation? That's going to happen. <laughs> and you're going to have to push back and say, listen, I'm at this party because my husband was taking care of the kids all week. And so today is his day off. I took the kids to this party and like he's chilling at home that he's allowed to do that. Just like I'm allowed to chill every afternoon when he's taking care of them and I'm working on shipping and I get to zone out and I or I go get my nails done or I go get my hair done because I have a photo shoot, right? All of that stuff you have to navigate in a way that works for you and not forgetting how powerful the money that you're bringing in can be and what it could afford you, what it could give in your life to your partner. Like if your partner could quit their job, but they're too uncomfortable being like a stay-at-home dad or a stay-at-home husband, that's something that you guys can figure out. Okay, but then we need to have a nanny. We need to have something needs to give, right? When you start to make more money, things are naturally going to shift. And I hope for you, and I hope for whatever situation you are, you don't have a lot of friction, okay? But there is going to be situations where like maybe it does come to the point where life looks different when you're building your business, growing your business, scaling your business, your partner's in a full-time nine-to-five sort of job. And then your business gets to the point where it's scaling. They quit or they retire, whatever that looks like, take a break. What do they do? How are they helping take off some of that labor? Or how are they hiring that out? Or what does that dynamic look like? I want you to figure out how you can push back on money, time, labor, all this gender norm stuff and really be clear about what is it in my head or in my partner's head where they're still stuck on this societal norm, this gender norm, and I'm past it. I want to move past it. You've got to talk about that stuff. If you don't, (laughs) that's where I feel like it ends up in divorce. And and again, I, I really don't want to scare anyone around this, but I do want to just say that I have seen it. I have seen it and I've seen it to happen to people that like, I'm like, oh, I would never expect that. Or some people I'm like, oh, I totally expect that. Though that spouse could absolutely not handle their partner making more money mentally and does not want to change. I can absolutely see that. Okay, how do we move forward? All right, how do we move forward? There is an opportunity for us to start to embrace women as being head of household. So first and foremost, this standard has been justified by so many years of the woman does cooking, the cleaning, and the man is out at work and comes home. And the woman maybe has a job, teacher, nurse, pharmacist, scientist, astronaut, whatever job the woman has. It is a little bit different when it is your own business, when you are an entrepreneur and you are growing a business. And this could be from a nine to five and you're doing it as a side hustle, which that is so much more work, right? Still. Or if you are um, at home with your kids doing the childcare and all the labor that is involved at home, that is completely unpaid labor, right? You could be starting your business on the side of that. What happens when you do get to that point where you are making more money? What happens at that point where you're navigating through 
hey, I need three more hours to work. What can you do for me, husband? What can you give where I can have three hours of work where it's not at midnight, it's at 8 p.m. Can you put the kids to bed every Tuesday night? I want to start working at seven. I want to work till 10 and be able to go to bed at 11, like a normal time, right? We need to really navigate buying back some of our time because that's not what I see happening. I see lots of women staying up really late, trying to juggle all of it. And we have to push back. Okay. We also have to push back when people get it wrong, when people in society get it wrong. So I've had situations where someone will say, Greg doesn't work, so he should do X, Y, and Z. But he's not good at X, Y, and Z. And I have time to do it and I like doing it. So he does A, B, and C. So I have time to do X, Y, and Z. I've had even people say, I can't believe Greg has that Lego set. And I'm like, I went to the spa for two hours the other day. Isn't that the same? Right? We have to start challenging the fact that just because we make the money like this, it wouldn't happen. Okay? Let's be real. If a man started a business, it did a half million dollars a year, and the wife, the woman, whatever, was staying home, taking care of the kids, da-da-da, There's so much advocacy around give that woman self-care, give that woman things she enjoys, give her time off because she is doing unpaid labor. Why when that flips and it's a woman who's making the half a million dollars a year in their business and the man who's home doing a lot of that labor, the dishes, the cleaning, the childcare, whatever that looks like. And hopefully they, that is the situation. It's, it could be pretty cut and dry. Why can't a woman still go to the spa and the man get their Lego set. It just is, it blows my mind sometimes where these old school gender norms, when you flip them and you really think about what would happen if this was a woman in in the CEO leadership role coming home, should the food be on the table or should they have to make dinner? (laughs) They love to cook, so they make dinner three nights a week. Okay, great. That's great. That works for them. What works for you? What works now with whatever gender situation you have, the the money-making situation you have? And what is going to make you have your best business? Because we know you need to get taken care of. And this is where I think some of this falls off, where what ends up happening is a woman is either working on her business with her kids doing all the household stuff. And then that's when there's no time to take care of yourself. And that's when women get like angry and resentful. And they're like, I can't do it all. I literally can't manage everything. But I have this business that's doing really well. Why can't anyone just take me seriously? I need a break. Like I need, I need to have more carpool. I need my husband to quit his job. It might be coming to that for some of you, right? And that might be scary. And that might be feel really crazy. But there does have to be a breaking point where things might need to be different in your life because the way you've been doing it with whatever gender norms and societal things that you're into and have gotten just overlaid in your life, maybe without even thinking about it, they're going to have to be challenged. This is so hard. This is so nuanced. And it's going to be so different from every single one of you. But you are allowed to gently push back, gently and firmly <laughs> push back when people challenge your little business. Oh, my little, oh yeah, my little business. Yeah, it paid for my new Mercedes. 
oh yeah, my little business that paid for our house. That was a down payment on our house. That was, that's our monthly mortgage actually is my business, right? You can gently push back and what it will just gently, what it, my intention for that is to make people snap out of it, right? Snap out of it. And there are going to be some people who will not snap out of it, who will not see that what they said is ridiculous because they're so firm in their belief, even though maybe they're the one that raised you to be independent and start a business and go after your dreams and do all that, right? It might be the very person that told you to do all the things that you're doing who challenges you on the gender norms in your life, in your relationship as you grow your business. Be okay pushing back and then be okay with people not understanding. You are still allowed to be the change. You are still allowed to speak that things are changing. Things are changing. This is, this is why I follow people like Rachel Rogers and Stephanie O'Connell because they are busting down these myths. They are like leading the charge. And I think in boutique land, we really have a very unique situation where so many women are making so much freaking money. <laughs> That's the truth. And if you're not there, you're like, Emily, I'm only making whatever you've decided is only. You're still making money. You're still making money in a business you started yourself. And that is incredibly powerful. And I hope that you see that as being in an empowering situation in your life where you feel good about yourself. For so long, I did not feel good about my business. Like a long time. My husband would even point it out when we were dating. He'd say, oh, Emily's very humble. She does not talk about her business, but like she's done X, Y, Z. She's been here, there, there. This is what she did for her career. He would literally brag about me. And I would sit there with a very successful multi six-figure business like downplaying myself. And I look back and I'm like, why did I do that? That was so silly. That was so silly. That's me like really giving into crappy gender norms. I don't want my daughter to see. I like no way. I want her to see me proudly talk about my business. Be excited that I work in an industry that is ever-changing, that I absolutely love, that I want more women to get into and to leverage their knowledge, their power, their excitement, their passion to make more money. But here's the next piece of it is with all this money, because it's been, I can't believe I'm finally talking about this. I think maybe I just was like uncomfortable, but now I find the conversation to be even more pressing and pressing. I have been the head of household in our house for a long time. I'm surprised it's taken me so long to talk about this because from my perspective, this is the day-to-day life I've been living for many years. And I think there's a lot of people who think, oh, your husband can just come and work in the business with you or because we see that. Like we see a lot of companies where the husband just goes and works for the business or whatever. Like my husband doesn't want to do that. He'll help me. He will absolutely, I'll bounce ideas off him. We'll talk through things. He knows what's going on, but he doesn't own any part of the business. He does not work for the business. He doesn't have logins to a job. He doesn't, he wouldn't even know what Kajabi really is. He does know, right? But that's the other piece of it is your husband, your spouse is allowed to not work for your business, even if they don't have a job. I just like also want to give you permission for that. Your husband does not have to work for the business. I think that seems to be the like, well, let's like use him over here. I, to be honest with you, I don't really feel like I want to work with my spouse either. <laughs> and maybe you feel like that too. You're like, I just don't want to go there. And I think I've talked about that in the past, but we have to be the change. We have to be comfortable talking about this in, in a bigger way because I know a lot of you are dealing with it and it can change. 
if you wanted to change, we can be people who, especially in our industry, push back on this being a little hobby or being like a cutesy business. Like, no way. Like, we have powerful businesses. I want you to feel empowered. I want you to feel like you own a business that is successful, even if you don't feel like that all the time. And I want you to start thinking about as you grow this business, what happens next? So like whether you're in a stage where you're making three grand a month or you're making $300,000 a month, what happens next to your business? What happens next for you? What happens when you make X amount of money? What happens when you have another kid or have your first kid or you buy a house or what are you going to start to do with this money that you're making? Will you put it into investments? Will you start another business? Right? If you have a business that is really predictable, that's doing really well, that could be a situation where you're maintaining the business. What's next? This is where we start to gain that economic power by owning more property, by having more skin in the game, by putting it into investments and long-term gains so that we can retire early. Or we, like I, I talked about this in my episode a week ago around Shein. How much is enough for you and your business? Like how much is enough for you? Where like maybe you let it run and you take time off or you step away from the business. What does that look like for you? So many people are starting boutiques and not really having that sort of long-term vision. And I want you to start thinking, especially if you are in the situation where you're doing 20, 30, 40, 50,000, what does your life look like? If you're not paying yourself enough and you're making that much money, we got to talk too. Because I do know there's plenty of you who are like, I make all that money, but I only take home. I don't take home any money or I, I don't pay myself. I literally have a webinar called Underpaid for people like you. And that's fine, but we got to change it. Again, gaining economic power also means gaining control over your finances in your business, in your household, having some knowledge of what's going on, having the amount of women I see that just don't know what's going on in their business. It's, we got to work on that because you're leaving money on the table. And when you leave money on the table, it also takes away your economic power, right? It doesn't allow you to earn more or build wealth, do those things that Rachel Rogers talks about. And so for me, this is, there's so many sort of offshoots of all of this. And I did even try to record, I have another recording of this podcast topic from a while ago that I just nixed because I, I went off in all these other directions because I think this is so nuanced. And because it's so nuanced, there is conversations around boundary setting, around delegation of tasks, around unpaid labor, around gender pay gaps. All of this stuff is offshoots of this, right? The bottom line is, as a boutique owner, as a woman, as someone building a business that could be a million dollar a year business, that could be a hundred million dollar a year business, we don't know what's going to happen in the future you have to start thinking about what that does to your life, what that does to your financial situation, what that does to your, just everything around you. There's also situations where I've seen people have really steady businesses, get it started and then go get a job, part-time job. Cause they're like, I want to run my business and I want to do this other job or I want to have this or that. There's so many opportunities for you to make more money and and make money with the power and the leverage that you have with your business. So I'm going to wrap up because 
I think I've covered a lot of this. (laughs) Big picture. Women are making more money. Boutique owners have more potential to make more money. Problem is what happens in your life, personally, your business life, your relationships, your family, your friends, all that stuff. How does that affect everything? It does affect everything. The problem then becomes an opportunity. It becomes an opportunity to shift, to change, to have a life that looks a little bit more like you want it to look, like you dreamed of it looking. And there's opportunity for us to challenge the norm so that our kids don't have to listen to these silly stories about businesses being hobbies or little businesses, whatever. I don't want my kid to be brought up with the same ideals. I want her to see that her mom is a powerful woman and that allows her to build a business if she wants in the future because she's seen it and she grew up with it and she knows what it's like. That's what the opportunity is here. The opportunity is for our daughters and our sons, frankly, to see their moms. It's for our nieces. It's for our nephews. It's for our friends, kids that we hang out with all the time to see us as women in a position of power, economic power. And maybe that gives you political power. Maybe that gives you financial power. Maybe that gives you investment power. It gives you so much. So let's decide to stop feeling ashamed. This is me coaching myself, okay? This is my wrap-up of Emily. (laughs) And and truly, I don't think I feel ashamed anymore. I remember our mortgage broker said to us, Emily, I think I'm actually very proud of you. Seeing your numbers, seeing your tax returns, I'm so proud of you. You have a great business. And obviously, you work hard. You're calling me in the middle of the day between calls. Obviously, you, you work hard. And that's the thing. Other women that see you will admire you and they will be like, let's go girls. (laughs) Let's freaking go. Because we have the opportunity to change the narrative. We have the opportunity to gain all this economic power, but we're holding ourselves back or we're not having the tough conversations or we're shrinking when someone says something ridiculous to us instead of gently and firmly redirecting them into what the actual reality and the truth of the situation is. So Oh, there's a lot to there's a lot to be said for all of this. I I as always hope that you enjoyed where I'm going with this. If you have any feedback or you're like, whoa, this really struck a nerve with me, I'm super triggered. I would invite you to email me. Let me know what's up. I would love to do a follow-up to this. I would love to maybe get some of these people on the podcast to talk about it. These are the conversations I want to start having. I want to start having these higher level conversations because it's all well and good to hear new social media strategies. It's also really well and good to change the narrative of women boutique owners making a lot of money and what we do with that. That's the conversation I'm here for. All right. Have a great week. I'll talk to you soon. Here's to making lots of friends and making lots of money. Have you been in business between three and seven years? You're doing between twenty dollars and $40,000 per month, up and down, right? It's not really consistent. You feel like, wow, I'm making a ton of money, but I'm not really making money because I don't pay myself. I'm always freaking out about paying bills. And it feels like you're always out of stock in your very best style. Something is wrong. I know I should be doing better. Does this sound like you? Imagine a life where your boutique has consistent, predictable sales 
and you get to pay yourself enough to fully replace your salary. No more worrying about what can get charged on your credit card, just pure positive cash flow and easy peasy living. Sky's the Limit Boutique Business Accelerator isn't just good, it's a game changer. Molly really said it best. Emily helped me organize my wholesale business so I wasn't flying by the seat of my pants every day and wondering why I was so exhausted every day. Molly hit a million dollars in sales in 2023. That's the reality that my program, Sky's the Limit Boutique Business Accelerator, is offering to you. Think about it. A future where your boutique is a well-oiled machine. No more sleepless nights over inventory nightmares or financial stress. With Sky's the Limit Boutique Business Accelerator, we can grow your sales by 20 to 50% in as little as six months. On top of that, you'll finally get to pay yourself what you deserve. Molly, just like you, was drowning in chaos. Now, she's not just organized, she's thriving. As Molly puts it, I'm up 57% in sales, 7% in profit. I took two real vacations this year and I have my launches scheduled a year in advance. These are my results, but I truly don't think it would have happened without Emily and Sky's the Limit. I have to add, Molly only started this program in November of 2022, and this is her growth now, November of 2023. But I don't want to just talk about this. I want to help you act on it. And this is where it gets even better. If you are hearing this right now, enrollment for Sky's the Limit Boutique Business Accelerator is open and it's at the lowest price available. Seriously, imagine a boutique where you're not just surviving, you're thriving. Your bank account is healthy and your stress levels are at an all-time low. Don't take my word for it. Hear what a few other people have to say. Rhonda said, I feel more in control of my inventory than ever before. Thanks to you and sky's the limit. Probably the best investment I've ever made in my business. Part of what Rhonda's not telling you is that in under six months, she had reduced her dead inventory by 50%. Ashley also joined us last November of 2022 and was averaging between 20 and $24,000 a month, simply selling through her Facebook group. By February, she had jumped to $32,000 by March was hitting $42,000 a month. That's double what she was doing just a few months before. We didn't do any advertising. She actually launched less days a week. We simply made better buying decisions that fueled her growth. Time sticking. Your dream boutique is just a click away. You can have results just like this too. Head on over to www.boutiquetrainingacademy.com forward slash skies the limit, all one word, and enroll right now. Your 20 to 50% increase in sales in 2024 starts right now.